You are listening to Under a Pile of Books, and in this episode, I continue my conversation with Jason, Lisa, and Beth about magic systems in fantasy. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I recommend you go back and do that because this one picks up right where part one left off and we just continue the conversation. Uh, It was great getting the opportunity to talk with all three of them and they have some great thoughts to continue to share in this part of the episode. So I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, I want to make sure here um, that, that, we also talk a little bit about because uh, it's been really fun. Different magic systems, uh, different ways of doing it. I, I I love this, but maybe at a more fundamental level, why do you think magic is such a popular part of fantasy novels? Now, again, I I want to be honest. Not every fantasy novel has magic in it, and that's absolutely fine. But you know, it, for a lot of fantasy magic is even if it doesn't play a major role in the plot it's there it's part of the world so why do you think magic is such a popular part of of fantasy um i think because fantasy and really all speculative fiction is about the what if Mm. so um it's magic is just adding a lot more what if because You know, like we've already discussed, there's so many different kinds of ways you can add magic, um, different magic systems. You can explain them. You can have them unexplained. You can have people born with powers. You can have people um, just go to school and learn how to do it. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with magic. So to take something that's already a what if story and then add another what if onto it um, just increases all the possibilities of things that you can do. So I think that's probably... One of the reasons it's really popular. I uh, I think that um, fantasy has a lot of its roots in um, like myth and legend. You know, we, we take mm-hmm. yeah. and and the way that you explain something, or at least a long time ago, the way that you explain something that you didn't understand was magic. Like it was magic; it just happened. Sure. And so maybe that kind of got brought along into fantasy. You know, it's it's the it explains the unknowable. Yeah, I was going to go somewhere along that same line too. you know, whether it's ancient myths and legends of of the Greeks, and the Romans and and any other culture, really, where you have gods and goddesses and they have magical powers that that in some form or fashion are bestowed upon humanity and are part of what helps shape and create the world. And I think it's I don't know, it's just carried forward with human history from the beginning of the telling of stories and until now i think it's uh, my take i think it would be that magic has always been a part of human storytelling and it's something that we just can't really escape from i don't think yeah yeah i think i think all of those are really interesting takes on it um for me i think there's there's an element where um Fantasy, and and I don't mean this in a demeaning way at all, but there's a sense in which fantasy as a genre um, is a a little um, escapist. And again, I don't mean that in a demeaning way at all, but, you know, there's there's an element where you are in many cases literally escaping to another world, uh, either through a portal or because this world, you know, exists as a secondary world fantasy or whatever. And... I think 
there's there's this element uh, sometimes where it's like, I mean, yeah, I would love to be able to, you know, conjure a fireball, right? Or like uh, in the Stormlight Archive where, you, you know, the Windrunners can uh, manipulate gravity, right? And, and change the, literally fall into the sky or, or you know, whatever. Uh, that's really cool as kind of a concept. And I think that um, there, there's something where where magic and this maybe goes back to to lisa i think what what you were saying where magic kind of doubles the the what if quality of of this and i think that's kind of really fun and really interesting um while at the same time being you know jason what you were saying kind of kind, kind of reaching back into the past and and all of this stuff so i think to, to me magic is one of those things that um it's like this great unknown sort of thing that we love kind of playing with as humans in our imaginations almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I agree with that. Yeah. Go ahead. I thought you were going to say something. No, about... no, go, go, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Cause you mentioned earlier, um, coming back to yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Harry Potter series and everything. I didn't know. Is that something you wanted to come back around to? Cause I had a, another thought about, the extension, not just of of the traditional spell systems and, and books and everything, but the whole like um, idea of the fantasy school of magic uh, that was always appealing to me. It's one of those things I, I always fall for. I think in books is we have fantasy schools and especially fantasy magic schools. Yeah. Well, why why don't you go go ahead and go ahead and share your thought there, and then yeah, I do want to um, uh, kind of loop around to one last thing, uh, sort of related to the to the Harry Potter thing. So oh, okay. Well, I was it Lisa? Was it you that brought? Harry Potter up originally? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was me. So why don't you go ahead and, and mention what else you were liking about it, and then I'll, I was going to tag on to that maybe. Oh, I mean, just the idea of being able to learn magic um, and spells and, you know, you have your wand and you get to go pick your wand out. And, I mean, I love all that. It's just kind of wonderful and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, nostalgic because it's kids going to a school and learning magic and, I don't know. There's just something fun about it, but also, um, it always brings me into mind, um, in Harry Potter, even though there is a school for magic that you have to go and learn magic, you still have to be born with that power. It's not like anyone can go and do it. So I know like my letter for for Hogwarts would never come, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but it's still, you know, fun to dream about. So. Yeah. The, uh, for me, part of that magic school, the attraction for that, I think, was always, I don't know, it, it, it kind of brings you back to your childhood a little bit because you get to be a child or a young adult going through whatever this process is where you're, you know, you're learning along with a character. And that was always sort of appealing uh, in a sense. And, and just that, that like, like as they progress through the school, so to say, that you're progressing with them and, and seeing how, how they expand their knowledge and evolve and and that the magic system then can be developed and expanded and evolved as you read through the series like that. And it was just something that, again, it's just always really appealed to me. And I don't know, kind of a sucker for those things. Have you read uh, the magicians by Love Grossman? No. Cause that's, that's touted as um, Harry Potter for adults and Uh it's got the magic school, except it's kind of like college. And you know they're all adults going to the school. 
Is this and, did this get made into a a television a series? <laughs> terrible yeah, TV yeah. show. Yes. <laughs> what what was the TV show? Same name or something different? Yeah, same name. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll look that up. Who was the author? Lev Grossman. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a, there's, there's a lot of books that are trying to um, capture the joy of Harry Potter, but package it for an adult like to start off as an adult audience instead of like harry potter started out as a much you know it's younger and the story Mm -hmm. matured until they became adults through the story and then there's a lot of there's a lot of books that are trying to capture that same sort of um feeling because there's the 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 magicians and then i just read one uh it's actually a graphic novel (laughs) Um, so what's it called? The Magic Order by Mark Miller, which they're turning into a Netflix TV show also. That's, um, like the magic family, magic school, same sort of thing, but it's for adults. Hmm. Okay. More things to check out. (laughs) I was going to say, I thought thought we agreed that, uh... (laughs) We would stop this nonsense, yeah. (laughs) So this this circles back a little bit to the sort of maybe the other side of that uh, Harry Potter e- equation um, with with Harry Potter being, you know, uh, more of a more of kind of a traditional way of doing magic. Right. There's wands and there there's wizards and, and witches and, you know, th- this kind of thing. And. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I saw this. I don't know if it was on our fantasy or if it was somewhere else that I happened to see some folks talking about the idea that we're seeing more and more what we might call like superhero esque magic systems in fantasy and maybe seeing fewer or at least, you know, some of the the most popular books are not doing sort of those traditional magic with with spells or wands or staves or that kind of thing uh, so I'm, I'm curious to get your kind of thoughts there because you know it i guess that loops back to brandon sanderson a little bit too right um allomancy uh, his stormlight archive stuff that's magic allows you to be a superhero rad, rather than magic being about casting sort of specific spells or whatever and I, so i'm just curious about that kind of comparison or, or what you see or maybe don't see in that. I actually have some thoughts on that. You know, um, so with comic books, because I I read a lot of comic books, comic books were for a long time kind of what really geeky people did. They didn't, you know, it didn't cross over until Mm -hmm. X-Men and the Avengers and the whole MCU. Right, yeah. that superhero kind of comic fantasy is now mainstream. Like people understand how superheroes work because of these movies and, and how popular Mm -hmm. they are and how it's brought comics to, you know, the uninitiated. And so now people are taking that cultural idea that is understood and they're building fantasy stories on it because it's more mainstream. At least that's, that's my thoughts on it. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. You know, and and I'm trying to think more. You know, 
because it's not a, that notion that that you have this new idea of what your fantasy hero character is in terms of a superhero um but then you know giving it a different twist because it's not just like we're watching captain america right mm-hmm. uh, i got to thinking about calvin what you said with um the poppy war rf Kling's poppy war and that's another one where you're ingesting something again in this case it was what psychedelic drugs but it was the ability to ingest that that then allows you to commune with the gods and almost become godlike yourself in, okay. in your powers. Mm-hmm. And that was almost the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned that. And I don't know, that is kind of interesting to see or to think about hero and magic and the evolution of your normal hero into or heroine into uh, something even even more. I don't know. Yeah, um, I thought about this one a lot because I actually really like stories like that. And for some reason, even though I don't notice hard magic systems as much, this is the type of thing that I do notice when I'm reading books. Um, I can think of a couple examples. Um, Melissa McShane wrote um, a series called The Extraordinaires, and it's a historical romantic fantasy that um, takes place like in a pseudo 1800s Regency period. And there are people that are born and they have certain kinds of powers um, because apparently a long time ago there was a plague. And after the plague, um, people started developing these these powers and now people are just born with them. And so they can do things like um, some of them can manifest fireballs and control fire. Some of them can control the air so that they can almost fly. Um, and some of them can tele- teleport and stuff like that. So they have all these different powers and they're kind of using them in war. So it's really interesting. Um, I love those type of things. I don't know why, but I gravitate towards where people can um, have powers instead of, um, nest- as much as I love the magic school trope, and I also love just people being born with powers and I don't know I really like the X-Men so um (laughs) maybe it's because of that I don't know but uh yeah like what you said with the poppy war that's a good example I didn't even think about that but when they um you know do uh ingest the the psychedelic drugs and then commune with the gods they basically man are manifesting that god and using their powers letting the god use their powers through their body so they basically become um an extension of that god and then can use that specific power that is um with that god so yeah that's a great example i didn't even think about that but uh i think that there's a lot more of it when you really think about it that's there's a lot more of that in fantasy and it's it's been there for a little while Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead, Jason. Oh, and no, I was just going to say, I'd be curious to to take some time to sort of like, like she just said, to, to track that down and see how far back that goes. To, you know, I'm sure it's been there probably for, to some extent for a long time. And the question is, when did it become more and more prevalent or has it always been there? We just kind of didn't see it for what it was, maybe. You know what I was thinking, too, um, because I'm a, I used to be well, I kind of still am like a huge Anne McCaffrey fan. It's kind of where I cut my teeth. Okay. Yep. And McCaffrey's always insisted that most of her stuff is science fiction and okay, it is, it takes place in space, whatever. And, uh, but like at the core of most of her books, uh, is always some kind of extrasensory 
thing. So I know when she started writing back in the 60s, that was considered almost a science. Like the government was doing experiments to see if ESP and Mm -hmm. those type of things were real. So it was thought of as like more of a science. And now, you know, being able to move things with your mind or teleport or, um, you know, become use empathy so that you can influence other people. All of those things are now something that we would think of as more of like X-Men type superpowers. Um, And that was being written back in the 60s and 70s. Um, I don't know if it goes further back, but I know like McCaffrey was doing it all the time. She used those types of powers in a lot of her early stuff. I mean, Pern is all, the dragons have all those powers. So, and in her Tower and Hive series, all of her humans, the talents, they have those powers, but it's considered science fiction instead of fantasy. But I do think there's a little bit of a blurry line there. So, yeah, well, I mean, that is, I think, I think that's, that's a great example of where that line starts to get blurred a little bit. You know, is it, is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? Is it science fantasy? You know, whatever. Um, but it, it's it's interesting to hear kind of the the connection. I I think everyone has maybe made some reference to like um, the X Men or whatever, and um, you know it's it's almost as if uh, in some way for some kind of modern fantasies uh, the X Men is kind of providing like the the template. Uh, I actually so you know bias warning or whatever because my wife wrote it but the the book uh banebringer which is self-pubbed um the kind of the magic users in that get their um uh, sort of their powers come from from quote the gods or whatever whatever they understand as the gods that kind of thing but each depending on kind of the the god that uh has has chosen that particular magic user or is associated with that particular magic user determines sort of the powers that you get and it, it's very much that kind of um you know x-men kind of vibe to it just in in like a fantasy kind of setting and what i think is so interesting about that is you know we see that in in some different ways uh, in various books now, whether it be something like Banebringer or whether it be something like the Stormlight Archive where you have these different orders of radiance or whatever, uh, all the way uh, through to even something like uh, Fonda Lee's uh, Green Bone Saga where you're not necessarily dealing with a lot of different powers, but you're still still dealing with you know using this substance, Jade, that gives you this physical enhancement um which is really cool and i love the magic but magic in uh jade city and jade war it almost doesn't seem like magic right it seems like that science stuff again or or whatever you know this you know bioenergetic jade that allows you to you know be enhanced if you have the right genetics to uh to to benefit from it and uh, and not kind of you know have it act on you like a drug or whatever. So right, that's really interesting. But yet, if you go back not even that long ago to the Wheel of Time, even there, the magic is more sort of 
you know, there are, there's a weave that you use to create a fireball and there's a weave that you create, use to create, uh, you know, gates. And there's a, a weave that you use to create bale fire. You know, it's much more reminiscent of traditional spells. And so in the 20 years or whatever, since wheel of time, it feels to me a lot like, like magic in fantasy novels has changed quite a bit. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just interesting to look back and see kind of how much uh, the, the fantasy genre has really done even in, you know, 20 years in terms of ideas and creativity and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could stay on with you all forever and talk <laughs> magic systems um, and, and everything else. It's been a great conversation. Uh, but before we, before we jump off here, I want to give uh, everyone uh, a chance to let folks know where they can find you, find your blog, um, or follow you on Twitter, whatever whatever information you want to give. So let's start with uh, Beth. Okay. Um, well, you can find me at beforewegoblog.com. And I, I post reviews like three or four times a week. And I, you know, I also do um, Indie Spotlight. So like I try to um, talk about indie authors quite a bit and bring them to new readers and I kind of do like uh, the big idea of their work once a week. Um, you can find me on Twitter. That's mo- mostly where I am. And that's at Beth Tabler. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much. And Goodreads. You can find me on Goodreads. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Beth. Uh, Lisa. Sure. Um, my blog is waytofantasy.com. That's uh, T-O-O fantasy um i also hang out a lot on reddit's our fantasy forum i'm a moderator there um i run a yearly uh book bingo challenge um i've run that for like the last four years i think and um i also run a happily ever after romance book club on the uh, our fantasy forum so we're reading like fantasy romance if you're into that type of thing come and check it out um I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter for my book blog is Way Too Fantasy, so super easy to find. On uh, uh, Reddit, my name is just L R I C H one zero two four. So you should be able to find me if you want to stalk me there. Please <laughs> do. <laughs> awesome, thank you. And Jason. Okay. Yeah. Uh... My blog, I've got a WordPress blog, and it is off the TBR, and so it's off the TBR.wordpress.com. And uh, right now, I'm actually hosting uh, self-published fantasy month on the blog. And if you're into uh, self-published fantasy or you've never read it and you're curious about it, please take a take a gander and and join in if you're if you're interested. Uh, besides the blog, I'm probably most often on Twitter. And my handle there is Jason ATS. So Jason A is in Alex, T is in Tom, S is in Steve. And there's also, again, related to Self-Published Fantasy Month, uh, I've got a Twitter account for that as well. And that is Self-Pub Fan Month. And um, those really Twitter and, and the blogs where you're going to find me most places, most times. 
Oh, and before we also get off, I wanted to say, Lisa and Beth, it's awesome to hear your voices. I know like I see your posts online and, and it's always cool to put voices to names and, and pictures. So awesome to uh, hear your voices. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, same. Yeah. Well, and thank you all for coming out. Uh, those of you who are listening, uh, if you don't already do so, you should go uh, follow all three of these folks. Uh, they have great content on their blogs and they're uh, fun to interact with on on Twitter and uh, if you're on uh, Reddit on our fantasy uh, and all that kind of thing. So uh, definitely consider giving them a follow and thank you uh, all three of you for uh, spending some time with me today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah.